Hello, hey, hello. Nice to see you both. Hey. Welcome, welcome. Hey. Welcome. It's been a long time. I know. Oh, it has been. How are you guys both doing? Happy Friday. Uh, Happy, happy Friday. Yeah. She said I'm not allowed to tell people that I'm exhausted. So I'm going to say, yes, I'm good. Because <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, you basically been sleeping all day. <laughs> Hate to say that, but school got canceled because we had a little uh, tornado go through our area, apparently, um, yesterday. So the kids, myself, we all were off today. So oh, that's awesome. I'm exhausted. That's awesome. Um, so how you guys been doing? Incredible. Yep, how are you? Been okay. Just lie. Everything's been great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say. That's what we tell ourselves, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's absolutely right, Nav. I think you and I we run by the same motto. Every day is great and we're gonna grip right through it. <laughs> Word. That's all we could do at this point. Yeah, for real. So let's start with the basics. How did poetry start for you? Aha, Angela, I took this question from you. Well, um, I took a, oh yeah. No, do it, do it the way they do it. <laughs> Lovely copy of Handful of Violets. <laughs> Available on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking to this amazing author today, this amazing poet. Thank who you. Is, uh, Thank you for supporting and, and getting it. I really appreciate that. Of course. That's what awesome and Unraveled Influence is all about. We got to get your work and we got to get your work to everybody in, everybody out there. I appreciate it. As much that. as possible. So I started writing. Um, well, I was always writing even as a kid. Um, first grade is kind of when I started writing. My teacher would read like this, this book about a panda and like this bunny and I was so creative I'd start like making up my own stories about them and she was like you know your head's always in the clouds and I was like well I, I mean I don't know what you want me to do I mean I'm six years old and so I started writing kind of at that age but just little short stories um stuff like that and then in high school I took a creative writing class and that's where I really started writing poetry and but I used to only do the micro poems like you know two lines three lines and I didn't even know what micro poetry was. And my teacher's like, you know, your poems are really short. And I'm like, well, I mean, sometimes you don't have to say a lot of stuff. You know, it's just a couple of lines. And so I wrote poetry for a few years and I made these handmade books for all of my friends with all of my poetry. And they're like, this is really sad. Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm an angsty teenager. I'm not. <laughs> So, so I was writing poetry and then I had a zine. So I had an underground zine for a couple of years. And when I moved to New York City, I had it sold, like I had it sold in the Tower Records and in some independent bookstores. So I did that for a while and I would interview bands just because I wanted to meet them. So <laughs> that was my way of meeting them. So that's what I did for a couple of years, and that was from 1999 to about 2004. And then I stopped doing the zine altogether. And in about around 2006, 2007, I stopped writing completely. Like I stopped writing poetry, stories, anything. Um, but I started back up in January of 2021, and I published this collection of poetry in March of 2022. So that's the that's the history there. In a nutshell. Wow, that's oh, that's awesome. That's I gotta hear about the zine. I gotta hear about the zine. Yeah, I'll I'll go, I'll this. Like, this is like gritty. Zine. Like, what was the zine called? I mean, how did you get that in Tower Records? I mean, that's pretty oh, fucking so, incredible. Cool. I had a memory for me. I had a zine with with one of my close friends. We started one, and it was called 60, 67 Throw Street High, and it was just kind of a compilation zine. We would get you know contributors to it. And that's where we'd have like the, the interviews. And then I did one uh, called a personal zine, which was called Growing Up Falling Down, which was more of just short stories, just thoughts, um, stuff like that. And I, I started doing the interviews in that one as well. So I kept it up for a while. I mean, it was like copy, pasting, you know, Xerox. Um, and then with the bookstores are really cool. You just go up to them and just say, hey, I have a zine. and they do it on consignment, so if people buy it, they give you, you know, some money. I mean, I never made money off of it, but it was it was fun. And 
I would get uh, CDs in the mail, so I would review them for, you know, independent artists. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Wow, that that is so awesome. Like, like, the, like I love what the word. It's the whole, first of all, you brought, you brought back a memory. You said Tower Records. Oh my God. Like, first of all, like that, that's how I know I'm old too, if I remember that. Um, no, I think that's cool that you used that. That's how it all started from, for you. Um, so you said that in 2021, you started back into the poetry. Uh, what was it that sparked you to start poetry again back in 2021? So I have to thank my best friend, Felicia, because she was the one um, I started like writing. It was during COVID, so everyone's like bored. So I started writing and I kept telling her, I was like, you know, I used to write poetry like a long time ago and I stopped and she's not on any social media. And she's like, you know what? post it on Instagram, see what happens. And so I posted a poem and it was like, it was really surreal because people started like hearting it or liking it. And I was like, what is this? Like people actually like this. And then I posted another one and then I made it, you know, some friends on here. And I was like, this is crazy. Like people actually like this. And she was the one that told me like, you know what? You've always wanted to write a book. You just need to do it. So she was the one that was pushed me constantly mm. uh, to do it. So I, that's kind of how it happened. And when I was actually putting together the book, I had my friend Miranda edit the book and I had a couple of beta readers that really helped. But like even organizing the poems, I was like, yeah, let me just print out all the poems and just lay them on the floor. And then we could organize them. She's like, what are you, what are you talking about? That's like the stupidest idea ever. <laughs> just put the poems down. We'll put them in stacks. So I put them in stacks of like grief, love, heartbreak. And then I would just grab one at random. And that's kind of how I put together the book. So she was with me throughout the step, you know, the whole step of the way. So it's wow. really, I think I thank her ultimately for letting me, you know, you know, giving me that dream back. I just thought I could never do it. And she encouraged me and with all that tough love, it's like wow. I freaking write that damn book. <laughs> so wow. no, and I was gonna say of, no, no, go ahead. Angela, the power go ahead. of your friends, you know, the power yeah. of your friends really will lift you at those times where you can't even lift yourself i mean absolutely and i think that's incredible yeah. that they were able to push you forward because look at you now look, look at where you well, come now even with my poems now if it's not like felicia approved i won't post it so i'll send it to her <laughs> oh wow and okay. she'll look at it she's like all right it's good don't don't mess with it or she'll be like i don't know maybe you want to like go back to it and then even with the post, the actual post, mm -hmm. he approves the picture. So I'll send her a couple of options of which picture do you think looks good? What title do you think? I mean, she's literally the one that will bless it. And if she doesn't like it, I won't post it. I'll just table it. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you, Felicia. <laughs> Word. Word. Thank you, Felicia. <laughs> Tell her we said thank you to her. Yeah, I will. She doesn't have Instagram, but I'll, I'll, sh I'll share it with her. Like, she'll watch it. No doubt. No. Oh man, no, this is an amazing story. So why don't you give the audience a, a, an example of how you write so that if, for those who are not familiar with you. Um, just, oh, I, you mean answer this question that popped up? Sorry, Andy, I pulled up a question from our audience while you were talking uh, about getting- I didn't know, oh, I would say, oh, no, no, I would say, oh, to read a piece I meant, oh, but I didn't know somebody asked yeah, a question, yeah. okay. So, Angela, you have the book. I mean, is there a particular piece you want me to read? I, I do like, hmm, let's see. It's funny because I, I wrote it, but then I never went back to read it. So there's some of the poems. That's I'm how like, I am. Like, I'm once like, it's oh, gone, I can't look back at it. Oh, that's fire. There's so many to pick from. Are you kidding me? You're putting me on the spot like that? Put you on the spot, Angela. Oh, I got Put you on the spot. To pick from. Just, just well, can I ask you right, I'll, I'll pick a number. This? 70, page 76 and 77. Okay, let's see. Oh, this Wait, I was going to so, say. I have a story about this poem. Okay, so oh, there's, a, there's a whole story, and this is actually something I didn't mention before. But so my favorite band is AFI, which stands for A Fire Inside. I love them. I've loved them for years, since like 1999. I've, I just love them so much. Wow. So I. I've been listening to them for years and you know, their music has changed throughout the years. I mean, they've they changed from punk at first, like hardcore, yeah. yeah. hardcore. I used to know. pick them on rock, I used to play them on rock band and guitar hero. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. damn. 
But so for me, they've always been an inspiration just with the writing, the, the lyrics. You got to go and look at the lyrics because I mean, it's all, it's all poetry. Yes. So they've always been an inspiration to me. So this particular poem uses song titles from their newest album incorporated all throughout the poem. And the story gets better because you're going to freaking love this story. I have to tell you the story. So I went to their show. They came, they came to DC. Um, so I'm from the DC area. So Felicia went with me to the show. She's, <laughs> I'm like, you're coming, you're coming to AFI with me. She's like, bring two copies of the book and just sign them, you know, just sign them. And I was like, okay, we were up like up front. She freaking threw the book while Davy is singing. And he literally, as he's singing, sees the book. It lands on the stage. It lands on the freaking stage. And then so like the lights kind of go out and then all of a sudden the the book is gone like it's gone backstage and she's like i threw the book i threw the book and i'm just like what what happened she's like i threw the freaking book <laughs> i just got the book the dude that you wanted to get the book out of the book and so i'm like i'm sitting here and i'm like i don't know what happened oh my god this is crazy my dream come true he has my book i love his writing i love his singing and now he has my book so the story gets better the story gets better <laughs> hold on the story gets better the story gets better okay so standing next to um, this guy and this girl, and he's like, I used to, you know, work shows, and he definitely got the book because I used to be one of those people that used to pick up the stuff and, and bring it backstage. And after the show, the security guard was like, you know, who? Somebody threw a book. Who threw the book? And Felicia's like, I threw the book. I threw the book. My girl came here to get the book, and he's just like, I would have kicked you out of the show if I saw you. She's like, but you didn't see me, so we're all good. The next day, so they played DC for two days. The next day, Davey Havoc went onto my Instagram page and liked the reel I posted, which is still pinned on my on my thing, and two of the pictures that I posted to him. He freaking read the book. There you go. Felicia, again. <laughs> so he has oh my it. God. He I freaking mean, you have it right here. Yeah. You, can, you can reach me here. Yeah. You can reach me right here. So, <laughs> oh my god my that's page. incredible yeah that's so incredible that's i'm speechless because that's like right up my alley 100 percent. i love afi i've seen them in concert um not as many times i think as yeah, you I've seen, but oh my god i've seen them like a, a few times throughout the years uh they had a show in la mm -hmm. in yes. march i think did you go to that i did that was like it, a big deal it was oh a big gosh. deal oh my god was a big deal him doing death of seasons live that song the screams i'm like trying to film it i'm crying felicia's also with me of course felicia's there of course felicia's <laughs> hold, there hold Wait, where's felicia now we need to get her on the screen felicia and, we and need you I was, I was telling her about that song and i was like you know this song is so emotional because the stars are dying and he's dying in the song and she's like I, you know she's like girl i don't get it when she saw it in concert, she's like, I get it. I, I totally get it. I, I get why you like this band. And she's like, that, that dude, he's got a good stage presence. So I'll see them again. I'm a fan. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I know. Uh, wow. Well, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. So let's go. Okay, so I guess we'll read that piece then, since we got all the juicy details about that piece. Yes. And then um, we'll answer the question. Although I think we pretty much hit what you're passionate about besides writing. That definitely AFI, definitely some music um, for you. Well, I am passionate about music. I, I have to listen to music while I'm while I'm writing. I can't. I just I'm not one of those people that can just like sit there and zone out and write something. I I have to listen to music, and it's I have a specific playlist. You know, with uh, I listen a lot of like punk metal that yeah. type of stuff. But you know, if I want to write romance, I'll throw on some French like pop music, I'll just pick some random stuff to listen to. I'll listen to like instrumental stuff, jazz, like I'll just throw anything on to inspire that. But if I want to write something with, that's grief, I listen to Death of Seasons. I will listen to it on repeat until I write. So all of my grief poems are, are written um, listening to that one song. So, wow. I know, crazy, right? But wow. um, let's see, so this poem, my dear audience, is called Crimson Promise. You're looking tragic with your coward stance staring at me with empty pleas. No eyes expressed like yours, a death of a 
of the party, streamers litter checkered floors after everyone has vacated and forgotten about their good time. If only wishing me back was as easy as a ribbon tied to a tree. Dead ends root the city of alluring angels, yet your dreams escape from Los Angeles. Your condescending attempts at grasping love are at the expense of my own loathing. I've mastered interpreting twisted tongues, still you assume I will believe half-truths from your barbed wire lips. Cutting crimson lacerations through imprisoned words, you're begging for trouble. But I've done my time, punishing myself enough already. Your elevated promises are tempting, like confections displayed on tiered carousels, the lure of a dulceria, except I'm no longer enticed by candied words or indulging on impulse. Though you are back from the flesh, your prosthetic heart is far too near to my beating drum. I take a step back to shut the door, afraid the affliction may catch me again. Wow. 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 Yo. Wow. See, it, it's like I always say, Angela, I wish I could write like that, because that is phenomenal. Oh, my God. Wow. Mm. Rainer's probably going to get mad at me if I say I retire from poetry, so I'm not going to say it. But I know he's probably going to get <laughs> on me about it. Yeah, Rainer be like, you, have... we've talked about this, Andy. I know. I've, I've said it a few times when I'm hanging out with uh, Rainer and other people are on his uh, after-party mic show, and I feel the same way sometimes, Andy, but now you always have a sophistication in the way that you write, and this is definitely no exception. Um, Thank you. I, I mean, there's definitely a lot of lines that really call out to a lot of us, but just knowing the story behind it now i just like can't even like say anything about it now because it's just like i'm going through and i'm going oh yep 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 these little secrets that you kind of dropped in between yeah so if you look at their their latest album you'll, you'll see the song titles kind of hidden in there there's a mm. couple that were kind of hard to incorporate in like tied to a tree i was like i don't know i guess a ribbon <laughs> i mean that was i think the toughest one to kind of incorporate but um but there's Song I mean, I was thinking about doing that for their other albums, mm -hmm. like, you know, in the future, you know, each, maybe each book will have, yeah, you know, uh, an yeah, AFI. On stage every time. <laughs> yeah, Yo, like, I should write a book. If I go to a Foo Fighter concert, hopefully I'll throw a book across. The I love Foo Fighters. <laughs> I've seen Foo Fighters uh, in concert. They yeah, put on the I've seen them show. twice in my life. I saw them in the Global Citizen Festival. The first one they did in, in um, Central Park, and the other one I saw at MSG with a with a friend of mine who, unfortunately, you know, is not with us anymore. But uh, th those were the greatest days of my life. Oh my god! Like I remember this one time where somebody was smoking like weed or something, and like they. Dave Grohl literally stopped the song. I think he was playing Monkey Ranch. He just stopped and he was just asking about, okay, what's with the pot or some shit like that? I'm like, what the fuck? He literally stopped just to ask about weed. I'm, well, you, know, know, you know, he's he's amazing. He's actually from um, Northern Virginia, where I live. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's from close yeah close by here. And I, I read his he he put a book out, which was actually really good. I I like skipped to like the Nirvana era because I was like I want to know how yeah. that was like. Yeah. But, um, of course. Yeah. So he's he's from around here. So it's probably like the only celebrity from around here. <laughs> That's wow. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, um, I, mean, I wanted to. Uh, yeah. No. Go ahead. Um. I wanted to ask you, like, Angela, can you show the book real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, just show. okay. So I wanted to ask you about the cover. Wait, show the back part also. So I want to ask you about the cover, just the overall. How did that come about? How did you? What made you decide? Okay, this is what I wanted. The title, like, what made you decide all that? How did that? How did you the know, process? Andy, I think how was, yeah, yeah, you have like a real strong connection with the violet term. So where did this? Yeah, this handful of violets and this non-violet okay. really come into to play here. You want to have a better story than the other ones? <laughs> we have a better story? Yeah. Okay. So my pen name, Not Violet, um, came about when I, before I started the zine. I used to love, oh, I used to listen to this band called Orgy. Um, Orgy. Were, yes. I, know, I know Orgy. Yeah. Yes. I love that so, blue Monday album. Yeah. They, they, that's a yeah, they were good album. That's a really that I could listen. It to is. That that's a phenomenal album. I still I still listen to it. So I saw them at the same place I saw AFI in DC, um, in '99, and after the show, the band 
you know, the band came out and like met, you know, met fans. And so I talked to Ryan Shuck, who's now a part of Edema and Julian Kay, really nice guy. He's like probably the most humble rock star like I've ever met in my life. Like he was really cool. And Jay Gordon, who is the lead singer of Orgy, when he came to meet me, I said, hey, uh, I said, hi, Jay. And he said, hi, Violet Pretty. So Violet, I just tacked on to Nov and Violet Pretty became a nickname and then Nov Violet. That's where that came about. So, wow. Yeah. Anointed yeah. by rock legends, you know, in our minds, you know. I think we're just uh, concert soul sisters. If we were in the same area, we would have been at the same shows all the time. But oh my God, wow. That's an incredible story, Andy. So my kind of yeah. thought about the cover was I I wanted to publish under my pen name, but then I thought, you know, I am going to publish it. I'm going to use my real last name, but I wanted to incorporate violets in it. So Handful of Violets is a phrase in one of the poems in the book. And I had an artist um, in Romania paint a watercolor painting of violets and then i had another lady kind of do the cover design so it's two separate you know it's one lady that did the painting and then one lady that did the cover design so i wanted to kind of like handful of violets to me means like part of me throughout like you know the, the collection so you know you if you were to read the the collection from start to finish you'd get a pretty good idea of like who i am as a person and what type of experiences i've had wow that's awesome. I love the fact that there's always like a connecting factor to everything. There's a story behind it. That's awesome. Oh my God. How did you feel like once, like, okay, this is the book, it's released, boom, it's on Amazon, perfect. Like, what was the feeling? What was the initial feeling you had the minute it was released, the minute people started buying your books? Talk to me about that, because that has to be an amazing feeling. That was the best part. So it's different when you have it in your hands and you know you get you know the copies right you know you get it from amazon you're like oh, okay you know this is this is really nice and you kind of can't believe it but when people start actually buying it and telling you how they feel about it or you pop on amazon and see reviews and see that you know your book has made it to australia it's made it to like you know it's made it to switzerland it's made it to france like it's made it to all these different countries you're like whoa that's crazy like people around the world want to read this that's where it really hits you and that's i i just have su such a level of appreciation that people like want to read my work because i'm like it's one of those things where i'm like i'll put together a book but who's gonna buy it but and i'm not even doing any marketing or anything but people are still buying it so, wow so that's really cool and it's very humbling and i've you know amy's in the in the chat amy's a really dear friend of mine um her and i connected because she she actually purchased my book and we started talking so it's like you get to know people and they, you know they'll tell you what what pieces really resonated with them and obviously all poems are up to interpretation but i love hearing what people actually think you know think about it or relate it to themselves like oh i read this piece and you know i thought about like my my aunt who passed away or i read this piece and it was you know it made me feel you know it gave me a lot of comfort because I felt like that once in my life, you know, so it, it that feeling It's the best feeling in the entire world. It's just people wanting to read it and liking it Wow And like uh, when you say that I was thinking about when we was interviewing Rosie and she said that One thing like when she writes her pieces or her books and stuff like that that she wants it to be like a survival guy And I think it's the same thing with your book. I think to them, when people read it, they see it as a survival guy. It's, a res it's like it resonates with them. They're like, you know what? I'm not alone. And I feel like that's what that is with your book, where at the end of the day, it'll help us. It'll help us to the perspective would be, you know what? I know I'm going to be okay no matter what. And that's the way I, that's, that's what came to mind as you were saying that. The fact that people all around, people you don't even know all around yeah. the world that actually saw this and say, oh, snap. And I, I'm thinking, let's say if I wrote a book, I'm thinking, okay, I'm just some guy from Brooklyn who lives in Bayonne now, but I'm just some guy that lives in Jersey. Like, like who's going to read my book? I'm not famous or anything like that, but that, it's such a humbling experience. So that's so awesome that you were able to experience that and then the feelings you got from that. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a really great feeling. Um, so I still... I'll, I'll get people, you know, they'll DM me like, oh, you know, I read your, you know, read your collection, you know, can you tell me what, you know, what, what was Ruse about? Like, what inspired that? And I'm like, well, that book, you know, that, that, I'm sorry, that poem is about a narcissist. And 
what it's like to, you know, be in a relationship with a narcissist. Again, this piece is just, it's imagined, but I had so many people that resonated with it. Like, wow, that's exactly how it's like. Like, did that really happen? You're like, actually, no, it didn't, but I'm glad it resonated with you. You know, so some of the stuff is just, it's like, it's just my imagination. You know, like there's another one in here, um, first date which is kind of about you know going on a date and you pour yourself out to someone and at the end of the date like this is you know the person is either not interested in you and they walk away with all your secrets for you know 83 dollars and 89 cents you know and you're like <laughs> wow, wow that, that sucks like i don't get to see you again but now you took all all the stuff that i like you know was sacred to me I, I felt comfortable enough to tell you and now now you're gone with it so i have pieces kind of sprinkled throughout um so it's not really heavy on love or heartbreak it's kind of just a lot of different things and life i have life poems in here as well absolutely so like that was actually kind of answering a question i was already having because if you guys are just joining us we've been highlighting this is an incredible published poet nap she's around you actually uh, host your own open mic sometimes we'll get into that in a moment um but okay. You started off kind of, you know, doing zines and interviews, uh, really connecting with music and on that scene, and then transitioning into poetry. I was curious to, to find out if you were more of like, is this like kind of like a personal kind of situation or is it just like, this is how I'm transitioning into a writer and to expressing myself in this creative medium. And it seems like that's more of what you've done is you've been able to transition from that young punky zine writer into some sort of a collective poem expression of what life is and the, the whole cacophony of experiences that life has to offer. So I'm hearing it's more of, you know, a writer's perspective as opposed to like a diary perspective, but yes. you would say that there is a little bit of both in here. Yes. There's a mixture and, you know, and some, some pieces are completely, real and some are imagined um and it's you know it's really up to the reader to decide yeah. you know it's it's kind of i kind of like to hear what people think about um the different pieces um but for me i write my job you know i work in um in communications you know i do a lot of computer web stuff but i write articles but it's not creative stuff right. it's more you know factual so i do i have done writing for many years um and my very first my first two jobs, I worked at an actual magazine. Mm -hmm. So I do have a lot of experience with writing, um, yes. writing articles mostly, but with writing. So I have, and that's clear, even though I quit writing creatively, I was still throughout the span of time writing. So then I do have a quick little spin on that. So you've done mostly zines, you've done a lot of like career writing. How was this then to put something? Cause this is really kind of a piece of yourself. Then this is really clearly you, even though it's, it's more of, you know, your um, academic-y type of, like, poetry on top of some real personal stuff in there. Mm -hmm. How did it feel to, like, actually put this together? And were you a little bit more nervous or, or more proud comparing to, like, the zine work or your, your, your professional writing career? Well, for me, I was actually thinking about reviving and, and doing another oh. zine. And you should. Like, oh. I was like, yeah. I don't even know if people do zines anymore. I thought it kind of transitioned to blogs. And I really thought about it. I was like, I could, I could do a zine, but you know, with a book, I could publish on Amazon. It would mm -hmm. be, you know what I mean? Like more yes. people would see it. The zine community is, it's like it's underground. Not many people are going to see it. So that was yeah. kind of more of my drive. Yeah. And then I had seen kind of when I joined the poetry community, I'm like, well, people are putting together books. It's like, this is, this could be something I really want to do. And I, I did create that one handmade book you know, many years ago for friends. So I'm like, well, I mean, it can't be that hard, can it? So, I mean, that's kind of where the thought process went from, you know, should I not just keep it on Instagram or should I actually share it? And it was always like my dream since I was 18 years old to actually publish a book. I didn't know what kind of book yes. to want to publish a book. And that's kind of where that thought process went. I mean, I'm not opposed to doing the zine again, but I could easily put together a book as well and yeah I mean, that way. it's incredible i mean the product just speaks for itself but it's yeah. it, it's incredible 
Andy, did you have something else yeah. you want to add? Uh, no, 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 no. It was, I was just, I'm trying to absorb everything you guys are saying, especially about the zine. Listen, there's people who do chat books on here and they actually make, and they do their thing. There's poetry chat books that exist. So I don't see, I mean, if that's a thing, I don't see why you can't do the zines and revive that. I don't see why not, to be honest with you. I think that would be a great idea. I think you should, if you want my honest opinion. I think it was uh, somebody that's, uh, I think it was Lennon that said DIY never dies, I think, even though that's this not is true. Said that's what I'm saying. They make CDs, um, Achilles Records. Um, that's Lennon and um, Arthur, a father-son thing, DIY thing that they do. And they made a album, which we sold out. And like we did like an album release party for him on the live. And, um, you know, we sold out and like within the hour but again they do other stuff too they do cassette tapes mm -hmm. and people buy and those that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so hey a zing wouldn't be a bad idea after all i think it'd be a great idea i am working on my second collection but i don't think i don't have a time like limit of like when it's going to be done but okay i am thinking sometime next year so i am putting that together i have about about 35 poems for that one um, and I did use some that uh, in this in this collection. I did use some that were on Instagram. I just pulled them off my page. Yeah. So I am thinking about doing the second one, but I might, yeah, branch out and do other stuff as well. Awesome. Well, you do awesome. a lot of stuff. Um, I know that. Uh, is it? I think it's monthly that you do an open mic with uh, Origin yes. of Thought. Can you talk yes. about that program and when we can see you and how we can participate in that? Absolutely. So I am a um, open mic host on Origin of Thought the first Monday of every month. So I picked to do a monthly show because I knew as far as the time, the time goes, like I, I could definitely dedicate, you know, two, two and a half hours to that. Uh, so that's the first Monday um, of every month. And, you know, it's always on my page. So, you know, there's always like a like they do like a nice reel for me, so they'll advertise it. I also am an open mic host for Fireflies of Dark Minds as mm. well, but that kind of just whenever. So those are the two platforms I'm a part of. How does it feel to be like an open mic host? Like how is that engagement process? Like, cause you're very personable. You definitely, everybody loves, you know, when we said we were, we're we were interviewing Nav, it was like, oh really? Oh my God, so excited. I mean, I was excited. I know Andy was excited. Some people were excited. So how does that like work for you? Like, do you enjoy those things? Is that part of your, your uh, also part of your charm as well to, to hear from other people, to pull from them? Kind of like how Felicia helped you push yourself out there? Well, I, what I enjoy about it is, I, I mean, I love poetry. I love hearing poetry and I love, rather than like reading like a DM, like I like when people come on and they recite their own poem. Like I, feel, I want them to recite it the way they want to recite it. And I, I really like that engagement process and you meet so many different people. And a lot of people that come on the open mic shows, they've never gone on a live before. And they're like, oh, you know, I just mm. clicked it. And I've had a lot of people that are like, this is the very first time I've done it. I'm like, hey, it's just like a video call. It's like, pretend like no one else is here. Don't be yeah. nervous, it's fine. And cause I, I used to be one of those people too. Like I'm super, I know it's not hard to believe, but I'm very shy and reserved, like quiet, like, you know, day to day. But I'm in my element when I'm doing it because it's something I enjoy. And I love seeing people kind of come on, you know, read their piece, get feedback on it. Um, I always, I have a notebook with me at all times and I'll scribble like a line that I really like. You know, as after I hear the piece, I'm like, oh, you know, that line, you know, that was fire. And to see the look on their face, like, wow, you really liked it? I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, you, you did a great job. Like, I really liked it. I mean, if I didn't wow. like it, I probably wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> 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 I mean, you are always very encouraging and um, so enlightening for other people to want to produce more because of the way you're interacting with them. So, I, I mean, it's great to have you in the community, right, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. I love the fact that, like I always say this all the time, when it comes to the community, it's such a diverse unity that we have here that we can do stuff like that. Like you said, we could just be scrolling, doing whatever, and all of a sudden, oh, what's this? We click on it, and it just becomes this whole thing. And it's like, wow, this actually exists. Because um, when I first saw the community, this was 2018, and the vibe and dynamic was so different than how it is today. But main point is somebody liked something. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like you said, all the likes. 
when I got introduced to the circle of the poetry, as far as platforms, um, there was this platform called Poets Anonymous, and yeah. somebody tagged me in something. I'm like, the hell, what the fuck is this? And it was Zillion Poetry. He read one of my pieces, and I'm just like, oh, this is a thing. And then just from that one live that I just saw, and just from that one thing that I saw, it was like, oh, great. And then all of a sudden, you know how on Instagram, when you click on something, then they start recommending you, or it says, oh, you might like this, you might like that. And, and, and on Instagram at the time, they were just starting to do the whole, if you like this, you might like that kind of thing. Like, uh, I don't know what they call uh, It's called something, and that's how I got introduced with the other platforms. Or you go to their followers or who's following them, mm-hmm. you see all these other platforms that exist that somehow I found more poetry platforms like Savat Poetry and um, was it Untwine Me, I think was the other one. So it's just the whole circle networking of some sort that somehow they just all intertwine with each other at the end of the day. And it's like, that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's just po- amazing. Poets Anonymous Inc. is one of the first platforms I went. They did like, yeah. you open mics like yeah. a heart. And that was one of the first ones I went on and they were super encouraging. And it was just like such a, they're such a great platform. There are a lot of, and then once you follow them, again, like you said, you keep seeing all yeah. suggestions of other ones. So I started just randomly following a bunch of poetry platforms. And I was like, I don't even know what yeah. this live bar, but I would sit there in the chat and watch people either, you know, I'd either DM a piece mm. and mm. I remember yeah. somebody like would read, read my piece and they had comments about it. I was like, whoa, they actually like it. That's really cool. Like, I'm going to send yeah. it next time. And next time, yeah. <laughs> you start uh, making it like a habit of like, you know, sending your pieces. But yeah. I prefer going on an open mic because I like to just recite it the way, like, you know, because it is yes. something I wrote and there's a way I want to say it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I remember no, that makes that too. sense. Uh, back, because I started back a little bit like in 2019, then I dropped off, you know. Then I came back on it, but I never actually did the open mic, but I always loved hearing like, oh, they chose a piece of mine to read and they were talking about it. I mean, it was definitely engaging. And so when we started coming by, come back and we do all the open mic situations, it's like, wow, this is even more exciting to hear people really share that. And then you get into it. What what inspired that? So I think this would be a good time to hear another piece from Nob. Yes, let's do this. We can talk to Nob all day because Nob, if you're just joining us, She's a zine creator. She is a musician, a dreamer, you know, she is all that and everything. And she's been reading some of this. She's got a new book coming out. She does open mic. She does it all. And we're so excited to have her on tonight. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so I'm going to read. This is one of my favorite out of the book. It's called A Storm of Scars. And it's on page 66. I predict your forecast to be partly sunny skies with foreseeable scattered thunderstorms. Your gunmetal irises turn a few shades darker, setting the mood. Grumbles morph to loud claps of thunder, sending screams down my spine. Extending arms of silver, lightning strikes illuminating my dark room. The sudden burst of rain sounds like pellets bouncing off the floorboards, leaving indented marks. The bubbling frustration of pent-up words finally release freeing the storm within. Torrential streams surge from your glassy eyes seeping into your cheeks. Steady, then intermittent, a salty trail is left behind in its wake. The unsettling calm fills the room. The air feels burdened. I draw open the curtains, anxious for daylight, exhaling at the cobalt strip, peeking through the scarred horizon. Wow. Wow, and Robert says I have this page marked. Yes, he got he got a signed copy for me when it first came out. Thank you, Robert. Wow, I appreciate that. Wow. I mean a lot coming from Robert. And did you want to go ahead first? No, no, I want to ask you about this piece. Like, yeah, talk to us it. about it. Um, so this one, it's actually it's funny. I I looked up in the sky. You know, like after a storm, you just see just that that the gorgeous blue. Yeah kind of the bruised, the bruised clouds. And I thought about a person kind of coming into a room and just kind of ruining a piece, you know, the piece in a home or in a room. And I thought about, 
you know, and it's really kind of about an argument um, between two people and how, how that, you know, both of them feel. The one person is just at the storm and they're releasing all of that. And, um, but there's hope in that, even after the argument is concluded, you know, there is hope that, you know, things will get better. So that's kind of what the piece is actually about, but it, it was inspired by just looking at the sky. Wow, me, it's interesting yeah. though. No, no, I, I'm sorry. I was gonna say it's interesting how just what uh, a situation like that could inspire something like that. Like, I like the whole. Imagine you said the whole arguments between people. That's pretty interesting because I feel like when it's raining or if it's thunder, that's the argument. But then once this stops raining, then you see the blue sky. That's when everybody starts chill. Everyone's mm -hmm. like, okay, let's. It's like the calm before the storm. Yes. Kind of situation. That's exactly how that speaks to me. That's interesting. Never looked at it in that perspective, but that makes sense though. Yeah, because it's like. Once it's blue, once it calms out, it stops raining, and then you slowly see the sun, and then the cloud slowly goes away kind of thing. Yeah, it is kind of like, all right, we just had the argument. Now we're trying to cool off. Yeah. We're trying to just brush it off. And then, okay, eventually we'll have the conversation again, and then the sun comes out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, you really did, and then, well, you don't even need to tell you this, but it's an incredible construction because you have all of the storm metaphors and the weather, like, using the term intermittent in there. And then to me, like utilizing the colors that you use, like the gunmetal irises, and then that cobalt strip at the end. I mean, it really gives us that feeling through those expression of words. You know, the thunderstorm, talking about thunder, and then utilizing again the home on top of it. You really do create mm -hmm. that entire sense. I can see why Robert had earmarked this page for sure. I can see why it's a favorite of yours. But this one, um, most of my longer pieces do take me a couple of days to write. So I will mm. write. Um, I remember with this particular one, it was a kind of a few lines every couple of days. So I don't usually write very quickly. Mm -hmm. It will take me time. I like to write a couple of lines, walk away, come back. I like to kind of give a piece like some breathing, <laughs> breathing room. Wow. And then what I'll do is I'll come back and I do like my major editing note one time. And then I don't touch it after that because I have a, I have a real bad habit of over editing my stuff and destroying mm. something that was, you know, essentially was fine. And I'll just start, you know, moving things around. So I'll do it that one time. And then, you know, once Felicia blows it, it's I over edit myself to trust me because like I'll read and be like, oh, this is dope. And then I feel like, damn, it's missing something. It's like when you're cooking, I feel like that it's, it tastes really good. But I feel like that maybe if I put a little bit more salt or maybe I put a little bit more tomatoes or something like that. And I feel like I overdo it that sometimes I feel like I lose the essence of what I want the piece to be. And then I was like, oh, see, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with this anymore. And I get mad. That's my problem. I get mad and then I get upset with myself. And now I was like, okay, how do I... I do the whole, okay, let me press undo. I <laughs> press the undo button. We're trying to get it back to its original thing. But I think it can only go as far as it goes. Because I think once it stops at a certain time, I'd say that you can't get everything. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm an overworker, over tweaker, over everything. Mm, yeah. Just my wife. Yeah, Robert, Crazy. Robert, said, Robert said you should always start a brand new document and save the first. Um, and then a separate one. Um, thank you. Um, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, actually, I think I'm glad he said that because I think that's my problem. I don't do that. I just have that one document. I got to go back to that so, one document and just edit. Or I'll have so more than one page. I have two. So I have a working one. A working one is probably like 300 pages. And again, it has like, you know, a couple of phrases, lines, right? You know, you're like you're at the grocery store and you're like, hmm, and the line will come, right? I'll just stick it in there. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then I have a clip, like another, if I edit the poem, then I have a different document with that in it. So like, I, I do I do maintain two separate ones because I don't want to like mess up the original thought. Because sometimes you go back to something a couple of months later and you can adapt it or, you know, you can change it up. That's actually a really good uh, advice that I've never even considered. I mean, Word. I utilize Google Docs a lot, so you could always go back to, you know, your editing and find out where you were when you started off. But that's a pain in the ass if you, if you over-tweak things like I do, because I'm definitely an overworker, an overworker, overworker. I should have stopped 30 minutes ago, but I'm like, no, I think that word should have gone there, and then you just rework everything. So 
that's a really good advice, Andy. Like, I think that's a hot yeah. tip for our, our writers out there. Have two Word. documents. Yeah, because Google Docs, the cool thing about, the funny thing about that is if you edit too much, like, you'll lose, you'll lose what you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's oh funny? Gosh, yeah. Like, I use Google Docs, but I also use, well, I don't have Microsoft Office because I'm too cheap to get it. I, I use WPS Office, <laughs> so that's like the knockoff version of it. <laughs> I refuse to pay a hundred... Yeah, I refuse to pay, was it 200 something dollars for a bunch of numbers just so I can get a pro. I'm not doing that. So yeah, I'll use WPS Office. And that works too. I mean, I mean, I, heck, I, back in the day, I used to have a typewriter. That was fun too. Yeah. <laughs> I had a typewriter. Yeah. I think I still have it in my mom's house. No, I, I have think. it. I don't know if it still it, works. I have the typewriter, but like some of the keys don't work. So like mm. A, mm. A, S, T, like some of the, the letters don't work and they don't even make the typewriter anymore for ribbons. Like you can't even get the ribbons. Like, yeah. Oh my God. You know what sucks too? I have an old too? typewriter and I yeah, have like one. Even so, yeah. Andy, I'm sorry. I can't do it because you mess up one time. You, I'm starting to type and you mess up one letter. Oh, <laughs> every five seconds, like, oh. You, you know what's out. funny? My father, because my mom gave me a lot of, pretty much all of my father's poetry, and I, the majority of them, my sister retyped with, you know, for him, or like on the Microsoft or whatever, but there's a lot of pieces I have from him that are a typewriter. If I can show you how many whiteouts they're on, like he messed up something, and he'll put a whiteout over that letter, and then he'll retype the correct letter. If I can show you how many whiteouts I see in this one document because my dad kept messing up or whatever the case is. I'm just like, oh my God, like what's going on here? But that's what I'm saying, because once you mess up that letter, that's it, there's no delete button. There's the backspace, it just goes back, but it doesn't delete the button. I mean, it doesn't delete the word, but yeah, take a whiteout, just go like that, let it dry, and then put the letter that you wanted. But, but oh my God, like. Did you notice like the whiteout was like, it was like too white, so then like the paper's a little mm -hmm. cream, so you get like totally yes. where the mistake yes. is, and you're like, well, oh my crap, I might as well retype the whole thing. And you yeah, it, you always screw some one letter up. So the the idea of a typewriter is freaking awesome, but I don't want to get a typewriter. I'll get a typewriter font, and that's yeah. <laughs> that's the so was it the special? Is that the special? Precise and delicate and intentional with that typewriter is so much fun to realize how lucky we have it now to like delete 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 but also at the same time i think i'm not as mindful as i would have been because i know i have that back 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 you know so yeah yeah Oh my God! You just you just brought back a memory for me because I remember my dad used to get angry with the typewriter and like I would hear him cursing in Spanish like I this that and the third and then he would get mad or if he wrote like a whole document or something I I, I would see I would hear him getting pissed off that he would rip the paper and he would get upset and I would hear him whoosh, ripping the paper off the typewriter getting angry I'm like oh God <laughs> oh Lord the good old days. Yeah, I know. Life was simpler. <laughs> yeah, see, this is what I'm saying, man. This generation will never understand I mean, I, that struggle. I remember a kid going outside. I mean, Hot it was even like my parents even knew where I was. Like I was at a meet, you know, like you know, playing with my friends outside, riding bikes. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. drinking water out of a garden hose. Right. Those were. Oh my those god. Were such a, a great time. You can't do that stuff anymore. Nah. I mean, nah. I used to you can't drink up a water fountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would let uh, my you... child walk by themselves these days, you know, because that's yeah. Something yeah. Scene. Yeah. Jump rope. Oh my god! MTV I was allowed had... to stay out as long as I had light in my bike. Yeah, see, like I was sheltered for most of my life, but like when I did go outside, I had to be home before dark. I had curfew, and if I one minute past eight o'clock, I knew what was coming when I got home. I heard my mom's mouth. I heard my father's mouth. I'm like, yeah, curfew doesn't exist for these kids anymore. No, I get that. That's those. Those were like <laughs> the eighties. Eighties were great. Yeah, oh, that's the good old days. I remember, like, the radio would come on and I would, like, record the songs. Yeah. With the cassette tape? When you take it, the tape, you go like this. Yeah, 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 with the pencil. With the pencil. See, I used to use nail polish to put the 
ribbons back together if it broke. Really? Oh, yeah. whoa, whoa. Explain that. Yeah. Yeah, no, so my sister came up with it because I used to use tape, right? Yeah, but my yeah. sister said, no, use nail polish. So instead of, all right, so let's say this is the tape. So instead of on this part of the ribbon, go on the top of the ribbon because the bottom part's the one that it plays on. So when you let it dry and then when you do the nail polish, it dries up and then it just goes over, but you won't miss, you won't mess up that ribbon. It's so weird. I never understood the concept of it, but it used to work. My sister used to take nail polish, the top part of the ribbon, let it dry, and then just start recording again. I'm like, yo, I don't know how my sister did it, but wow, that's I'm what she used to like do. I'm like devastated that I'm just finding out about this now. Yeah, that was if you're her hack. Because I learned a very special hack on how to fix your cassette tapes. Yeah, and only I, yeah, because I used to use little regular um, pasting tape. That's what my dad used to do and put it on the on the top part and all that other stuff. Never put it on the bottom part because that means you can't record on the actual ribbon, so you do it the other way. Yeah, it's like a whole, there's like a whole thing with it. Oh, my God. That was great. No, no, that was, those were, those were the good old days. Yeah, because well, yeah. when I was growing up, my father had an eight track. My father had a record player. Yeah. And this one, they used to have three functions. There was the 45, the 78s, and the 33s, man. <laughs> and then you had a little top thing for the 45s because the thing was so big. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, oh no, my gosh. I, I, records, uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't have a record player. But, yeah, I remember I, my parents used to have, like, the stereo that had, it was, like, a record player on top. And then it had like a cassette cassette tape thing, and so mm. and that, was, that was a big thing. My parents would play yes. records and stuff. Wow, I had the same mm, thing. It was like a huge yeah. one. It was a, huge a record one. player and yes. cassettes, and even had a CD player in it. It was like yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, oh no. it was like it was like the center of the living room. Like it was, it was like it was like art. Like, yeah. yeah, it was like the whole stereo system, yeah. right? Like, like, see, like what this is today is just this shit now. But back in the day, it was just a whole stereo system just to get that sound that you get on a speaker today, which is so fascinating to me. Because I'm like, I'm surprised they didn't think about this before because anything small like that, it used to sound very choppy, no bass. And then if you had a Kobe headphones, those things broke easily that's why sony was like so expensive just to get a walkman with a rewind button on it because not every walkman had a rewind button on it uh this is oh my god and then if you had a vcr there was a tape rewinder to rent the yeah. tape rent the tape but then bring it back to the video store oh, oh lord and i loved i loved going to blockbuster and actually like renting I, videos I heard, like, that yeah was that was a whole thing there's one like next to my house where you walk and you know get a movie and yeah you know, like a VHS tape and it's gone it, and it was it, it it thrived for a good while but you know many yeah. years ago, it closed and, see I remember Betamax that was like the smaller version of the VHS but the tape ribbon was so different it was supposed to be it was stronger than the VHS ones but Betamax I I grew up on that because my parents had that yeah now all those. All those damn tapes are like obsolete. You can't even like play them. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Well, my I have a. It's it's in my closet, but I have a VCR slash DVD player. So I have I have that in my. I haven't hooked it up yet. But my Come mom on. was like, yeah. When I was decluttering, she said, yeah, you can have this. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. Yeah, my so, mom. Yeah. My mom wanted to watch the Titanic because we have it on VHS. I was like, wait. Luckily, we cannot play hey, this. I got <laughs> one right here. So I got one right here. <laughs> and this is a, a baseball game my father used to play, so he recorded it. I have the other tapes here, but yeah, this is... You younger generation don't know about this. They'll never understand. Uh, the VCR. They got stuck on the VCR. Did you guys have the VCR rewinder? The tape rewinder? I yeah, I the tape it. rewinder. That, those were like, yeah, those I were like the rich kids had the, the rewinder, just the special rewinder. For those <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know why? Because on the VCR, when you rewinded your tape on the VCR, it didn't go as fast as when you rewinded your tape on the tape rewinder. The speed was a lot faster, <laughs> which they, that, that's what they didn't tell you back then. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't tell you that back then. then. Well, they didn't tell, yeah. 
I gotta tell this to everybody who's been joining us. We are here talking with Nav, and we're going down memory lane of all the amazing things that we used to listen to music or watch TV on because Nav originally worked in the zine scene with her cool ass music drip that she had. She looked, her and I, we are so simpatico with our music taste. So I'm just so happy to have you on the show tonight. I know we're getting towards the end and I would be so horrified if I did not ask you to read at least one more piece sure. for us before we leave. Okay. Um, Cause I know we do have an open mic after party. Rainer's gonna be starting that pretty soon. But um, oh, that is an absolute yeah. pleasure having you on here because you are a staple in this community, whether you want to say it or not. And Felicia, wherever you are out there, we thank <laughs> you because we are going to dedicate everything to you on this because you are the one that pushed Nav to do this. And if you haven't already, definitely get this. You can get this on through Amazon, through her link. I'm sure the link tree is on everybody's page now. Yes, yes, it is. Everybody loves a good link tree. Check out her link tree. And no dates yet, but there is a new book coming next time, next yes. year, sometime next year. So sometime check it year. out, check it out, check it out. So I am going to read. Okay, so uh, this, this is a tough one. Hold on, let me think. Okay, I'll read page number one, Calamity. Lost in the illusion of fantastical magnitude, cast in reoccurring dreams, the glorious notion of reach, leftover emotions replayed and reminisce, reminisced of forever in a day. Dawn to dusk, mocking clocks transport the reality of our choices. Still, my eyes clouded with tears, repressed and absorbed by the bleeding sun, Mourning things that can never be. Calamity befell upon connected hearts severed by distance. Yet remnants of you litter my mind. Cologne lingering on shirts I held close and never washed. Fearing memory loss of your presence. Wow. Wow. There you go. Love poem. Wow. It's not sad. <laughs> it is wow. kind of, but. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't most love yeah. poems kind of sad? <laughs> That's how I feel. It was uh, like when we had um, Poetic Rome, he said like, you know, like we try to write happy poems, but it sounds fake. But then when it's like, there's something about pain, there's something about sadness that I feel like we get more out. It becomes more deep and more profound when it's pain and sadness rather than just happy, happy, happy. Like it's kind of like, I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think? I mean, I, I commend anybody that can write about rainbows, sunshine, and cheese. Like, if, that, if you can do that, <laughs> it's so cool. And I'm glad that you're, <laughs> uh, I mean, but for me, it's like, it all depends on the mood. You know, I, I can write happy, and, and this all comes from a genuine place. I mean, I do have, if you look on my page, I do have some really happy love poems. Um, but blended in, you know, I'll have some some stuff that isn't, isn't so happy. It's just, you know, sad or melancholy, but... Um, I can't just write one type of poem. I know some people can. They can all only do happy or they can only do sad. I like to kind of mix it up. See? Yes. You yeah. are not a, just a poet. You are a writer. That is clear. Um, that this is not just something that you do to like as a diary or to, to understand who you are as a person. I mean, that's benefits that happen, but you are actually a clear studied writer. And it's, I was really curious with all of this incredible vocabulary, you have like fantastical magnitude, you know, things like uh, morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, you know, things, you know, calamity, like you're able to really paint this incredible picture. And I'm kind of pissed that we didn't talk about this earlier because we're running out of time. How do you do it in such a concise way? Because I can't do that. Like I can't write such complexity work. in such a small space. And you have that fucking talent you're a writer how how do you do that i don't know these are words that i know <laughs> i obviously know these words i don't say them it's not like i'm like i know oh, like calamity befell upon me today you know i know but you you paint it so well the remnant i love the word remnant every time i hear the word remnant it's not even that great of a word but the word remnant a ramparts i just love the way it sounds it's just you know what's funny only one poem i have i use the word remnant that's the only time 
that I've ever used that word. It was just one poem out of every poem I've written. I've only used the remnant word once. My eyes cloud with tears, repressed and absorbed by the bleeding sun. I mean, you just have such yeah. a fantastic way. You're a writer. I mean, this, this is not something you don't know. This is not just a hobby. This is not just a habit. This is not just like, oh, I paint for fun. This is who you are. Thank and you. thank you, Felicia, for bringing Nav back to <laughs> yes. us. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Felicia. We love you. <laughs> um, oh, so man. I need to do this because we're heading uh, past the hour mark, but I don't want to just hit the end button right now because I can go a whole other two hours talking about <laughs> That would be so funny but... at 10 o'clock. But... All right, peace yeah, out. Bye. <laughs> bye. I'm really bad with advice, but I know, Andy, you usually do a really good job wrapping it up okay. like asking those last okay. questions so will you do the okay of asking those last few questions yes. for our darling guests? so okay so to, to end this right now so my question to you is what do you hope to leave behind after you pass on that when people look at you and remember you what do you what would you like to be remembered by what legacy what impact do you hope to leave well i hope i hope um that I hope Amazon's around for a really long time because then my book could be on there for hundreds of years. Um, but if, if my piece resonates or any of them resonate or help someone feel like they're not alone, that to me is a legacy. That to me is like, I've done my job as a writer to make someone feel like in their darkest times, because a lot of us as writers, we're, we've got a lot of melancholy, a lot of sadness. We all have like incredible sob stories. That's why we write. But if someone can read my piece and it brings them some sort of comfort, that to me is a win. Amen. Amen. I, oh. I, you just worded it so perfectly. It makes so much sense. That's that's perfect. And I think that's the it, it should be like that, you know? What do you think, Angela? Uh, absolutely. Of course. I mean, that is the whole interconnection of the human experience. And some of us are not able to put our feelings into words or into a way that is understandable in this kind of context. So having access to people who are able to express emotion and now I have to say this too, you have such a way of developing emotion a feeling without using any words that are attached to emotion just the way you describe the scene or the uh the or the interaction between whatever's going on the feeling is there but you're not using any emotional words but yet the feeling is universally felt by many different readers from many different walks of life from many different experiences ages whatever and the fact that you're like I hope I can connect other people. That's exactly what you're doing. So I, I agree. I think Andy, did I, did I do okay? No, that's perfect. Yeah. I agree with the both of you. I, I just love to listen most of the time. So, um, yeah. So like I said, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for trusting us with, Absolutely. you know, being on here and telling us your story. Uh, thank you so much for that. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, I hope you continue to write and write more books. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. So I guess we'll just take it from here. And now everyone, um, if you can, join us at Origin of Thought with Rainier, where myself yeah. and him will do the first hour. And then I will leave the um, I, Yeah, I leave the first hour <laughs> after, and then she jumps in the second shift. Oh, yeah, uh, fun stuff. You have like you're gonna be on like freaking screen for like five hours. I, it happens, and then it's yeah. like that's what that like, yeah. What's wrong with you, woman? That's and what I, yeah. When we used to do the where we used to do the jazz sessions open mic, we'd be on for like three in the morning. And I was like, okay, yeah, I gotta go to work, and I've been late for work because of this. So when Arjun thought decided to do the open mics on Fridays, I was like, you know what? That's perfect because now we can leave whatever, and then you and Rainier or whatever switch around and just. It just combining both our open mics was the best thing we did because it's become this whole party thing. Like, I, I, it's fun, you know. So, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Um, well, nah, thank you so much. Nah, enough. Again, you can check out her book, Handful of Violets, through her link tree. She's got a new book going to be coming down the pipeline early, hopefully 2024. I'm looking forward to that. 
and she also hosts an open mic the first Monday of the month. So September's first Monday is coming up pretty gosh darn yes, soon. So definitely is. be aware and uh, prepared for that. So set your calendars for that. And of course, now also does a random uh, open mic with another group too, whenever that happens, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, thank you so much. It's been such an honor. Thank no, you so much for inviting me. It's been really nice talk talking to both of you. And I really appreciate it. Come on, guys, get the book. What are you waiting for? Get her book now, guys. Go right now. Own your very own. I have an ebook too, so it's an ebook if you don't want to do. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm an old school book person. You got to have it in your hands. That's me. I'm both. I get ebooks and um and physical. I get both. Because I don't want to like carry a whole bunch around, of, yeah. Somewhere in the house is dead. I haven't seen it in like years. Yeah, I got my Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I got my Amazon Fire tablet, which is kind of slow. I, I think I'm due for a new one, but yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank, um, you. thank you so much. Join us for Origin of Thought. Open mic over at Origin of Thought.